The Three Theorems of Psychohistorical Quantitivity The population under scrutiny is oblivious to the existence of the science of psychohistory. The time periods dealt with are in the region of three generations. The population must be in the billions for a statistical probability to have a psychohistorical validity. Hello, welcome back to Anomalous Readings, uh, our science fiction book club. I'm Nora, joined by Jackson. Hello, it's me. It's you. Yeah. You read anything lately? No, not really. I've been I've been gaming, and obviously we read Foundation. I was hoping to get back, yeah, get back to doing Anomalous Readings after our little time off. But then I I got sick this time. I've been sick for like two weeks, and it's fucking sucked. Seemingly everyone on the planet is sick. Literally everyone yeah. has got COVID or a COVID adjacent thing at Christmas. Um, I didn't even see a single person. I don't even know. I f- don't even know how I fucking got it. So it's just that everywhere. So yeah, it's the bad humors. It is my bad humors. <laughs> um, but no, I just just read um, uh, you know, Foundation and had a had a good time with it. Now I'm here to talk about it. Have you been reading much? I have, and all of it has been for podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Um, I read the Metal Gear Solid comic, uh, which mm-hmm. was fun. We talked about that at, on Coffee and Comic Books. I am reading Aragon by Christopher Paolini for probably my sixth time now, um, because we're going to do a podcast about that in the next couple of weeks. Um, so look forward to that. There will be a bigger announcement about that whole project uh, coming soon. Um but I've, I've had a really good time reading this book again. <laughs> um, but beyond that, uh, I mostly just read... Well, how much text can a video game have before it becomes a book? What did you play? Because I've been playing Baldur's Gate, and there's some text in there. There's that is not a that book. Game. That's not a book. That's not a book. I've seen it. They, read, they voiced it all. They put... T- does it even have writing? I haven't noticed any from the way people talk about it. Does it have writing beyond characters wanting to fuck yes. you? I, yes, hello. 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 They don't want. They don't want me to talk about talk shit about Baldur's Gate. What the fuck is going on? Oh, there you are. They they're keeping me down. They're keeping you down. I, I was being agree. rude about Baldur's Gate. <laughs> well, I could hear you. Literally all I see about that game is like really embarrassing <laughs> thirst posting for like the most cringe fucking Tumblr Sexy Man 2011 <laughs> clips I've seen in my life. Uh, oh, you mean like, the award winning? Yeah. Tumblr I'm like, this is fucking man. unplayably awful. Um, surely that can't be the whole game. There must be like, that just has to be the clips that surface. And then beyond that is a normal RPG, I assume. Because, yeah. Um, yeah. I just has to be like through natural selection of what happens to go viral. I'm seeing the annoying stuff, but presumably there is a normal game underneath there uh, about like story and stuff uh, because yeah. everyone was, um, I, I just, I just have no interest in, in a, you know, a, that amount of 
I can't have sex with a video game. I like that, I don't understand. Like everyone's like, oh, everyone in the video game is is immediately bisexual and wants to get down with you. I'm like, but yeah, but I'm not. I'm not like having sex with the video. I want like a. It's a. I want a story with like characters in a party, not uh, to uh-huh. add them to my like. It's just it's just a certain mode of engagement with like romance plot lines and video games that I feel like alien to me because I'm like that's not. That's not how it's. It's fictional. It's not. I feel no. I'm not living voraciously through who my character's hooking up with in a video game. I like. I would play a dating sim visual novel for the stories that the girls represent, right? Like you know, um, and th- the Bioware mode of uh, like party, uh, like player romances has always pissed me off. I've never liked it in Bioware. I assume it's a little better than Bioware. I assume the characters have some good backstories here, but that's generally the like, oh, you can you, you, mean, know, you can hook up with Thane. I'm like, okay. Each of the characters has like a lot of backstory that you kind of start getting out of them as you sort of um get become better friends with them and that Mm -hmm. can be linked to also you're gonna start boning down but um they progress pretty similarly if you're not having a romance so you are getting whatever the character story is regardless unless you're just ignore if you're like me and you're like well i'm a ranger i don't really need a rogue because i can pick locks pretty good so asterian can sit you can sit on your ass in camp and i will never speak to you again <laughs> that's good because uh, from the outside it was just like people being like oh i love being such disaster bisexual with my heart pulled of gate three party and i'm like is there a story in there is there a video game in there please it just was not just antithetical to how i engage with rpgs mm-hmm. um but I'm glad you're having a good time with it. You're making so many guys. I listen. We, this is not a video games podcast, but I did restart after playing um, close to 50 hours because I wanted to do things better in the plot. <laughs> I accidentally speed ran the second act, and I was like, "Well, there's like whole side quests and stuff that I blocked myself off uh, by taking this path." So I'm you know, starting over. Uh, it's a great time. Um, I will talk more about this on Journal Updated, which is, <coughs> oh god, that's going to be next month. So, yeah. N- not the one that comes out in three days, but the one a month from then. Um, so look forward Gaming. to that. You're not doing Border Get 3, right? Molly's not playing it. No, no. Um, our Tacoma episode comes out in three days, and then next month we're playing Bioshock 2. Yeah, gaming, gaming, gaming. That's right. We're dusting off our 360s for the next four games. So true. Um, let's talk about Foundation. Yeah, Foundation is the first book in the Foundation series in the larger Galactic Empire series uh, written by Isaac Asimov. This is from 1951. It is a series of five short stories uh, that are five in the... I assume the trilogy continues to have more short stories uh, as it tells the story of the collapse of the galactic empire and the founding of the foundation uh which is a organization made by uh psycho historian harry selden uh who has seen the like collapse of the empire in his probability equations and made a plan to like preserve human knowledge so there's not a new dark age for ten thousand years um, yes and this really only concerns the first 200 years of that um not even that far it's, it's it's fairly early in the foundation's situation the empire is like still around it's still uh 
contracting because it's very clearly inspired by the fall of the western empire uh western roman empire which took forever uh, it doesn't really have like a set start date um you can argue it just you know you can you can you can market at any any moment people love to market at like different times <laughs> there's a line in here about that like sometime yes. in the next 50 years the historians of the future will draw an arbitrary line and call that the decline yeah um and that's uh, that's kind of what the story is about the 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 five stories are the psychohistorians, the encyclopedists, the mayors, the traders, and the merchant princes. Um, the encyclopedists is uh, well, no, the psychohistorians is about uh, Harry Seldon forming the foundation by convincing the empire to let him uh, practice his like plan of the collapse on remote planets uh, that will like exile him. Uh, he convinces them by saying, we have to build an encyclopedia that will preserve knowledge. Uh, and obviously the Empire, like, why would the Empire collapse in 500 years? We've been fine for a millennia. Uh, stop spreading this heresy. Um, but that's ultimately the uh, conclusion they reach. The encyclopedia reveals this was a front. This was a lie. The encyclopedia didn't matter. It's all about the found- founding this like core group of individuals to uh, proceed into the future. Uh, and is about how, like... The encyclopedists who believed in the idea of the encyclopedia as like the purpose they had being overthrown by uh, Salvo Hardin, uh, who <laughs> wanted to like evolve, like was like you know Harry Seldon's not here. We have to keep thinking for ourselves, uh, and essentially turns the foundation into like this like religious organization conquering the other kingdoms around him that have been like formed in the collapse of the empire uh through like benign religious maneuvering mm-hmm. uh he doesn't like violence um well jackson you have to admit that violence is the last refuge of the incompetent i don't agree with that sir. <laughs> i don't think that's how like the levers of history turn but we'll, we'll get into that uh he <laughs> He uh, continues to, uh, in the next um, sorry, the mayor's continues to like uh, lead the foundation in as this like religious organization, uh, and does basically a Lelouch plan on the yes. like <laughs> neighboring kingdom <laughs> of Anacreon, uh, who's like. We have guns and and ships, and you have nothing. Uh, we're going to take you over. Um, but he like puts a little kill switch, and the crews they repaired, and it's like I've my religion is too powerful for you. Uh, now all of the people are loyal to me, uh, and takes over the kingdom. And um, all of your cool shit is run by our priests, and all of your people love our priests. What do you think's going to happen if you start telling them to bomb the homeworld of their religion? Yeah, and he realizes that, like, oh no, they've already taken all of us over, and the foundation reigns supreme. Um, and like the other subplot is about the uh, the people of the foundation, like wanting to do things, right? Take actual action. And he's like, no, uh, I already have this Lelouch plan going on. My super genius tactics. The people will never understand. Um, <laughs> and while a lot of this book is different people saying that and being proven wrong, in this case, he is just objectively entirely correct. <laughs> Salvor Hardin is one of the motherfuckers of all time. <laughs> He's just correct. When, when, like, early this whole this whole story, they keep going. You know, thirty years ago, when we overthrew the last guys, they were wrong to you know to do nothing. Um, and you representing the like unrest of the people were right in like moving this you know, history in a new direction. But this time, the masses are wrong, and he's like, yes, the masses are just wrong this time. I'm correct, and he is just proven correct at all turns uh, and wins everything. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. And then um, 
Unfortunately, there's no more Salvor Harden after these two stories. <laughs> yeah, we move forward again into the final two stories, the traders and the merchant princes, um, which essentially <laughs> depict the um, transformation of the foundation from uh, a religious organization to an organization of trade and commerce uh, as it reaches the limits of what its religion can, like, um, you know, overtake. Uh, because the while the neighboring kingdoms are reliant on this religion and it has um, assimilated much of them into its belief system, uh, the rest of the galaxy doesn't give a single shit, uh, and they care about material goods and trading. And so, uh, the the trade organizations form uh, mostly from the fact that the foundation has like atomic energy, and that's kind of been lost in a lot of the galaxy, and that's yeah. its main bargaining chip. Uh, the trading people blow up so much that like eventually they become the merchant princes uh these like royal beings of commerce um and the final story is all about mallow what's his name uh something mallow hoba mallow who does uh, his own sick super sick plan to overthrow the guys uh and becomes the uh, uh the new mayor uh the mayor of commerce and like overthrows the Corellian uh republic i think they think they're a republic uh which is just, you know the new next door neighbors um by making them reliant on the trade uh of foundation they thought they were exploiting them but the foundation had got the upper hand uh and he's like tr- they're like oh why are you like selling us out and selling all our secrets away and doing all these things and uh you know, we're meant to be the secret foundation lean of the future. And he's like, actually, by doing this, I have done another chess plan and won, and now the foundation is supreme again. Ha ha! Uh, <laughs> and that basically happens across all these stories. Um, and it's okay. Also, um, they're like, so you're establishing a plutocracy. You're making us a land of traders and merchant princes. And he says, what business of mine is the future? No doubt Selden has foreseen it and prepared against it. There will be other crises in the time to come. Let my successors solve these new problems if I have solved one of today. Yeah, so basically this the I would say this book is mostly about different crises coming up uh and the foundation being formed into a, like a new vision of society that aligns with the current problems of the times, right? Like we have uh this knowledge-based society, we have this religion-based society, then we had this this trade-based society. Um which I think is a little ridiculous. It's not really how anything works. All three of those things happen at all times and are yeah. interlinked. Um, it's very a cartoonish view of history, uh, but it is good fun. It's a good fun it book. Is, it's good fun. It's easy reading. Oh, it's um, easy reading. It has some of the best names in any science fiction book I've ever read. Um, I'm going to hit you with a couple of my favorites. Yeah, hit me, with, hit me with some guys, because we've got some fucking guys. So obviously we've got Harry Seldon, Gal Dornick. Those are those are the older guys. Um, uh, Salvor <coughs> Harden, first mayor of Terminus. Great. Uh, we've got... Classic guy. Um, London Crast. Great <laughs> yes. name. Um, Dr. Walto. <laughs> <laughs> now... This okay. We got Lewis Bort. Love Lewis Bort one. is really funny. Um, we have Prince Regent Weenus. <laughs> hey, they're calling me Prince Regent Weenus. <laughs> um, Eskel Gorov, Hober Mallow, Publis Manlio. Uh, just classic, ridiculous fucking guys all over this book. 
I love this book. I think it's dumb, but it's so fun. Yeah, it's it's good fun. Um, I had a great time. Uh, the start, the the first story, the psycho stories, I think was ultimately my favorite because it was the part where I was like, "This is actually going to be a really really good book." And then as the foundation kept like building, I was like, "Oh no, this is going to be a stupid book," um, <laughs> which is also also good. Yeah, I do like when um, a book is fucking stupid. Yeah, I I love when a book believes its own premise enough mm-hmm. that um nothing can shake it of it, <laughs> despite the fact that like. This is not how religion works, and I don't think this is how science works either. <laughs> oh, we we've, uh, we reclass from religion to trade. I'm like, but those two things are, you know, and th- 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 that's not how anything works. Also, the view of like, this book is about how history is controlled in like, n- not necessarily just the great man theory, but specifically like by different men, like leading the unthinking mob in certain directions that the the public can never be aware of, right? Like Harry Seldon never teaches psychohistory to his descendants because then they might know too much and try to change the future, but he's figured it out for them so they shouldn't think for themselves. And the book is slightly critical of that, but only insofar as it's about a succession of new guys at the top of a new arrangement, right? Like Salva Harden is also like, the men don't know what's best for them, I do, and is correct at every turn, just completely right about everything and owns everyone uh, and wins in every fight, which is cool. He's so cool. I love Salva Harden. <laughs> I also love Salva Harden. Um, <clears throat> he owns that he- guy so hard, he shoots himself in the face. <laughs> He Game of Thrones stims too hard. <laughs> um, I think it's really interesting that like how Selden <coughs> describes it is like, okay, I've set the board in motion such that there will be a series of evolving crises at which point the Foundation will only have one course of action therefore guiding it through the future uh, in the best possible way. And what that seems to mean is that the right guys will be around at the right time to exploit the motions and like the movements of history into beneficial situations. But I don't really know how that gets predicted <laughs> when psychohistory explicitly doesn't work on individuals. Yeah, the initial prediction, which is why I really like the first part, because it's like him seeing that the empire is too rigid and will inevitably collapse, which is the thing that is true about empire, right? That I was like, oh, that whole first chapter with Gale walking around and like slowly coming to be convinced that he is living in the end times of a people that cannot see it. uh, It's genuinely beautiful writing. I was like, this is fantastic. Uh, I love that stuff. Um the more specific it became about like, actually, psychohistory, it works on equations with these things, but not with these guys. <laughs> I was like, this is getting a little dumb. But the broad, the broad scale, like, emotion of it works really well. Uh, but it ends up not really being about the tides of history. It's about the guys. It's always about the guys. you got to have a guy. So apparently the psychohistorians must have predicted fucking Salvo Hardin. Because <laughs> if it wasn't for him, the foundation would have done the other thing. Um, every one of these things are about like a lone, brave man uh, forcing history in the other direction, not about the like bubbling tides of history, uh, like in dialectical contradiction pushing the world in certain directions, right? It's, it's not the materialist right. thing, it's the other thing, uh, which is fine because that's how you get cool guys. <laughs> yeah. If it had been like, maybe, 
obviously, if psychohistory were to work, it would require, like, big, like, big names throughout history, because that's how things happen, is that eventually there's a guy who's, like, written down in the history as, like, the guy who did the thing. But, like, it feels more like the psychohistory stuff is guiding the creation of those guys and that those guys are not just the products of those environments because they are depicted having so much agency when it feels like they should be really like harried and over um over pressured and like desperate at all times not cool uh rational beasts um so i don't it, it's a weird contradiction but, not just um, having agency but like going against the tides of their time right having the vision yeah. to see through the complacency uh, of the masses um even though surely psychohistory should be about calculating the tides of the masses when i think about times like people have made similar predictions that have come true in history it's mostly about like okay i think about how in um like 1916 uh lenin was like uh, the obvious big war that's coming, uh, you know, at some point, decades down the line, is going to be Japan versus America uh, for, like, control of the Pacific, um, which happened in World War II, right? A famous thing that happened. He saw it years before. But that's because it's about tensions between two nations that have, like, a material concern. Um, mm -hmm. And this book doesn't really do much of that because the it's so fast. It's moving so fast and so much of its world building is about the foundation specifically. You don't understand necessarily the specifics of why the various factions of the empire are are faltering and i think that's fine because i think like a thousand word book about you know conflicts and material conflicts between different factions of the empire oh, don't would worry be... there are prequel books later <laughs> okay well if i want to bore myself to death i guess i can read those <laughs> This has no time for that. It's about some cool fucking guys. Salvo Hardin <laughs> is here to stand around and say, I feel old. And then his cool guy friend, Johan Lee, who's like running a CIA, is like, I'm older than you and I don't feel old because I'm running a CIA. And he's like, we must uh, take action now. Uh, announce that this crisis will be solved when I return, uh, when the next... Uh, Selden message arrives and then he solves it and is totally correct immediately fixes everything he's so cool Salva Hardin what a king if only we had Salva Hardin he'd figure everything out man if only we had a Salvor Hardin in real life <laughs> that's so true <clears throat> um yeah I really like the the whole sort of premise here I <sighs> have a soft spot for these like science religions that crop up sometimes um i just think they're cool <laughs> i love when a guy has secret gadgets that make him magical that's just oh, really cool he, that that's all over the shit yeah um have much more to say about the foundation? Um, I know that the second book is is like split into two parts rather than five. Okay. Uh, but I haven't read it. I haven't read past this one. Um, uh, we'll probably I, come back to that at some point. I assume next yeah. year we'll start doing some of our sequel. Like we want to do the um uh what's the the the, the, the strike the hype yeah we want to do the Hyperion yeah. sequel. We want to follow up on this. Um, Maybe we'll do a year of sequels. It won't be entirely. We'll go back and forth, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, because I, I would like to follow up on 
on the foundation sequels. But I also would like to jump. Like I really, I really want to read Caves of Steel. Obviously, uh, yeah. as I, I love robot detectives in all things. Um, that's and why I was, you you're always <laughs> telling me about it. How Detroit Become Human is your favorite video game. Yeah, I love it. I can't get enough. <laughs> um, God, no, fuck off. Uh, uh, and I, I like the style. I, I liked how fast it moves. Like every chapter, yes, like, bam, 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 yeah. bam, bam. it's constantly moving. You are very obvious that like, oh, this is a guy that cut his craft writing like magazines, right? Um, I've seen a lot of criticism of this book being like, oh, well, the characters are so shallow. They're just their own ideas. It's like, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> we got we to gotta move it. We got to cover 200 years of history. We got to move it. And I, I think if I was to have more criticism of that, it would be more like, the character it's like a radio play on some level like the characters are oh, moved yeah. into rooms where they will espouse their ideas in dialogue i think it could do more narration um and like a sense of place uh everyone is very speaking out loud about their ideas uh but i don't think that's necessarily a problem it's just a formal choice it makes um you settle into it pretty pretty easily uh, uh i will also let you know that the television program called foundation <laughs> is not this book <laughs> What, what, what I was think so I was thinking about the TV program foundation of like this very I can imagine it'd be very easy to make a TV show out of this because it's so episodic but also that would require like so many different sets over so much different time that I don't know how you do that would you yeah. like do all the different time periods at once intercut between them well instead it only covers the first two stories as, or maybe not even that, as far as I know, because Salvor Harden is one of the main characters, and I know that we are cutting back and forth between that story and Gal Dornick. <laughs> the but, the um, Gal Dornick thing is like you could maybe get ninety minutes out of it if you no, really pushed it. Well, she has to go and do a whole like weird adventure. Also, no, before- she doesn't. She gets arrested. <laughs> no, uh, there's a whole there's a hologram of Harry Seldon with her. Uh, I think there's like a secret base or something. There's a lot in that TV show. <laughs> um, I did not realize uh, Galdonic was a woman. I assume Galdonic is a guy in the book. Um, yeah, they I, change I, a lot of the characters into women because this book has no women. No women, no women. And it was it like one woman. <laughs> There's one woman that shows up and it immediately gets like horny and weird. And I'm like, oh, you could actually <laughs> keep talking about men, please. Because <laughs> I know I can just, just get the sense of like, hey, hey, everything I know about Isaac Asimov is not the greatest about women in general uh-huh. in his personal life. Yeah. It does briefly like they they let a woman in to like look at the uh the jewels the and the, the shiny jewelry and goods because you know women are so shallow uh, like that. This book already has like a dim view of the masses, right? They're stupid and easily led and fallible, um, and then decides to like characterize that through women love being shopping. <laughs> women love <laughs> their atomic knives. Because it has to be like, oh, the trade can only take over so many of the people because they want to like buy things outside of like their need, right? Like the only reason the foundation become can become a trade empire is because people are buying shit that isn't, you know, there's no need to have all the shit. Uh, it's just extra consumption, um, and that's when when women be shopping <laughs> is when that happens. That's when society's gone too far into consumerism. And I'm like, thank you, Isaac, for this bold critique of gender. Please put key. Please return to putting cool guys doing tricks at each other on the screen. Uh, I'm I'm fine without the women today. Thank you, Isaac. This really is a a book on the history of the greatest pranks in the in the. 
galaxy. <laughs> there is a series of little pranks, because I assume it will continue, because it's very clear that, like, one of the main thematic thrusts is how to manipulate the galaxy or just a society to create, like, an outcome without violence, um, which is not generally something I agree with. I generally believe that, like, force is how things happen, right? Whether it's uh, through organization um, or through, like, uh, guns, uh, it's still application of force and violence. Uh, mm -hmm. You can't, like, trick guys into doing everything <laughs> you want, but you can when you are, uh, you know... This guy, uh, Harry Seldon, he will trick guys for a thousand years, and I imagine <laughs> that will continue. Uh, I assume at some point the Foundation will get into an actual war and we'll have to like deal with like what that means. Well, yeah, as the they second have to take book is called Foundation and Empire. Yeah, because this book, they have to deal with the Empire that's still there. This book ends on like the inevitable uh, confrontation between the uh, still still extant center of the Empire uh, and the Foundation, which has now risen to meet it. Which brings up an idea of like. Okay, the empire is going to collapse, but did the foundation collapse? The like, would the empire have collapsed without the foundation? Um, like well, maybe. Yeah, the I think so. Well, yeah, obviously it was still contracted, right? But like, at some point they're going to have to be the one that fucking collapses it by taking it over. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think the idea is more like taking it over as opposed to letting it just rot is going to be what speeds it up from like thirty thousand years to one thousand years. Yeah, I mean the the book also like relies on an idea of a dark ages, which just isn't true about like Western yeah. history. Because which not is also <laughs> just not how dark ages work. Right. It wasn't that like the world completely stopped after the Roman Empire existed. Between that and like the 1600s and you know Renaissance age or whatever, or the Age of Enlightenment, um, we have like a really basically the second the Roman Empire leaves Britain, we just assume nothing happened until uh, like the 1400s. Yeah. Um, uh, also. The idea that an entire religion would be both massively, massively, massively popular and also everybody who does it, everybody who, like, facilitates it is in on it and, like, knows that it's just a, a, a ploy... <laughs> It do that doesn't make any goddamn sense. Space <laughs> is too big for that. You can't have that many people. And, and all of the priests are like, and yes, in the back of my head, I know all this is fake because we're the foundation. It's like, that's, that's not how people work. That's not how religion works. Why didn't Harry Seldon teach people psychohistory if it's so fucking smart? Why did he hold that knowledge for himself if, if it was like, oh, if you knew too much, it would uh, break the plan? Um, well, uh, maybe when we meet the second foundation on the other side of the galaxy, we will find out. Yes, that's the other long-term mystery is there was a second foundation planet uh, independently working on the other side of the galaxy. And presumably at the end of all this, they will meet in the middle and we'll figure out what's going to go, what's going to go down. Um, I'm sure it'll be very dumb uh, and I'll have a great time with it. Cause yeah, I, I do think like it's so, like societal analysis is just like not true. It's just not how anything works. It's not, it's just not like relating to real life, but uh, I love when guys do a fun trick on some other guys. Yeah. And they all have ridiculous names like Space Lewis Bort. Lewis Bort. <laughs> Prince Regent Weenus. <laughs> Prince, Prince, Prince Regent Weenus. <laughs> Les Gorm. <coughs> but yeah thank you for uh bringing um foundation to us 
Uh, I'm glad that you had as good a time as you did. I really <laughs> liked it the first time I read it, and I had just as good a time rereading it. Although, I, when I read it, the audiobook wasn't out yet, and um, I listened to the <laughs> audiobook this time. And yeah, they do say that encyclopedists, which I, when I read it with my eyes, I said the encyclopedists. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but that is a genuine Tracy from 30 Rock tier bit. I don't know what, what that means. What are you means. talking about? <laughs> uh, he, he's a character from 30 Rock that is famously very fucking dumb sometimes. <laughs> we'll just like proudly say <laughs> everyone's been posting 30 rock bits this week for some reason i don't know why i mean i enjoy it but there's an incredible bit where he's like uh, where um, uh, alec bowman's asking him uh like uh tracy do you google yourself and he's like i google myself sometimes when my wife's not in the mood and he's like do you do you know you do know that googling self means looking yourself up on the internet and he just responds in the most perfect voice i did not know that <laughs> <laughs> and it fucking kills me every time. <laughs> well, I figured that that was a. I don't know. I just like encyclopedists. It's, it's cool. They're making an encyclopedia. Yeah. People change the pronunciation, the like. No, they don't. Of a word when it's a different part of speech all the time. Are you thinking about like biopic versus biopic? History historian. It's not a historian. It's a historian. Okay, okay well, this might be true sometimes, but in this case, <laughs> <laughs> you do realize that there's no amount of comparisons to a different pronunciation in real life you can make that don't make it stupid that you said encyclopedists. <laughs> I think it's a better word than encyclopedists. It's clearly encyclopedists. Uh, do we have any questions? We got an email from M... Bam, 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 bam. Uh, I only know two things about Foundation. A, it's foundational for a lot of people. And B, Way! Dune is... <laughs> and B, Dune is written in part as a response or rebuttal to Foundation. So when are y'all getting going to get into Dune? Jackson, when are we going to get into Dune? Uh, next month, we're getting into Dune. We're going to read Dune, the first Dune. And this will be the last time we're going to start something. I think after this, we're going to like uh, probably do probably the fucking Star Wars book. But after that, we're going to work <laughs> on Hyperion and the next one of these and uh, over the first yeah. bit of the next year. Um, I've read the first part of Dune or the first act, whatever that division is in the book, but um, mm -hmm. I never finished it. I've seen the movie, um, so I also don't know how it ends. <laughs> oh, which is true of both Dune movies, I guess. Uh, yeah, I've only I've I've I know of Dune, and I know of like the the broad level concept of like God Emperor of Dune, so I know kind of where it's going. Um, I don't even know that. I just know the basic shape of the first book, kind of. But also, like I said, that movie kind of glosses over the last half of that book a lot. So. Yeah, so we're going to read Dune. We're going to read the book Dune, the 600-page book Dune. Uh, That's true. Um, not, unrelated yeah. question. Do you think that sci-fi has the same horror and cell phones problem where the concept of an internet so changes the tenor of 
universe that writers just tend to ignore it in creating space fiction. Been reading Fall of Hyperion and their net stuff continues to be mostly backgrounded and not representative of how posting has infected the world. I guess the current internet era might be an aberration, but it's surprising how little it seems to show up in fiction. Why aren't message boards roasting the Jedi Council in real time? Um, I don't know. I think it, like, the, the thing with sci-fi is it's like Golden Age was so long ago that like, this was not generally a, the way people thought of information, right? Like posting fully changed everything. Um, but I do, I do think, I think it's more interesting in the era of like, we read, um, uh, what was it called? Which one was it? What was it? It wasn't Neuromancer. It was the other one. Snow Crash? Yeah, we read, we read Snow Crash, which is a post internet. Yeah, I guess it's 1990, but it's like in the era where that's like being talked about and considered about, um, and still not really a book about posting, right? Like, it's all mm. about the metaverse uh, where posting is real, uh, where, like, you go to places and the social, like, the internet allows a different expression of, of, like, social spaces, but the fundamental dynamics have not changed. We do not have, like, no one's posting in their book. They're going to places to hang out like they're real, but they're just on the internet. It's a different thing. Um, at, at some point, we should read Ender's Game because then we'll get into posting. That book's about posting. Oh, do we have to read Ender's Game? Yeah. Look, I can't vouch for any of the sequels in either direction, but Ender's Game, <laughs> the book, is also one of my faves. Okay, maybe one day I'll, I'll allow an Ender's Game. <laughs> but I, I do think it's definitely like a thing that is not as explored. Like it's definitely like even like mm-hmm. say even in the internet era stuff I read, it's not has. That's not necessarily where the imagination's always going. Um, I assume there are a lot of books, especially in the cyberpunk era, that are about that, but uh, it does not capture like the zeitgeisty imagination in the way that virtual worlds do, which are much more like a tool for fantasy that is very easy to market. Mm-hmm. Um, I bet there are many novels that are like linguistic analysis of what it means to like post and distributed communities and how that changes lives uh they're just not going to be the stuff that rises to the surface culture wise (laughs) yeah because that's not laser swords and dragons exactly um but yeah that was our question thank you so much for emailing in we only asked for questions like 15 minutes before we recorded so that's on us oh we did get one more email oh hit me this comes in from john uh, having predicted the existence of such an episode in the distant past, I have recorded these questions for you. Hopefully my descendants have remained true to the plan and will forward this message at the appropriate time. Good luck with the collapsing empire. Uh, we got three questions. All right, hit me. One. Foundation began as a series of short stories published in Astounding Science Fiction before being revised and published as a single novel in 1951. How, if at all, has the serial origin of this book impacted your reading experience of Foundation as compared to other works in the genre? Do you either of you have much experience with serial novels or similar literary forms yeah i read a lot of moorcock which uh uh a lot of elric stuff was also published in that way um i like that a lot i like that sort of um short stories and like fix-up novels um Mm -hmm. some of my favorite uh sci-fi and fantasy stuff has been from that sort of framework i like that it keeps things moving and keeps like um the, the pacing is is more fun for me yeah i think the the biggest difference is the, in the pacing not necessarily the serialized part uh that just means like i stop reading at the end you know it gives nice breaks mm-hmm. um i think a far bigger difference than the the serial structure is the fact that 
it is moving. It is knowing mm-hmm. someone's going to be like reading this on the train and uh, continually putting in new plot points and new world building um, in just a way that is like very different to modern sci-fi, which is much more about like justifying the brick, uh, which is just a different way of engaging with uh, mm-hmm. with the ideas. I feel like that's the popular way now. Have either of you watched the Foundation TV show? What did you think of it? Um, it's your time I, for this. Yeah, I watched like two or three episodes. I have not finished the first season. I've seen some stuff from... Uh, I, I actually like. I watched a review of it that mentioned that they start tying in things from the end of the Foundation series to this season. And I was like, maybe I wait then. Yeah, that's fair reading. <laughs> Um, if they're going to, like, completely go off the rails, then I'll just, I want to, like, get Foundation into my brain first, and then I'll watch yeah. the TV show. Um, and then by the time we're done with that, it might be, like, done, you know? Yeah. Uh, last question. In that same vein, what anomalous readings book would you choose to be adapted into a $69 million, 10-episode Apple Plus TV series? There was a time in my life where I would have said Snow Crash. So now, now it, it would still be Snow Crash if I could get a funny enough guy to do it. <laughs> uh, do you mean I, funny like comedic or funny like you would laugh at the man himself? I don't know. I'm like, do we want like the full Verhoeven where the guy knows? Or do I want a guy like, not Joseph Kahn because he's kind of dumb these days, but you know, I, I do like talk. Um, but that kind of like, he doesn't know, but he has an energy that makes me, who knows, enjoy. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think I'm actually leaning the other way. I think I don't want the person making Snoke. I think I want them to take it very seriously, but I just want it to be very stupid. Uh, also, yeah. though, I've, I've got to pick Hyperion. It's 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 goated. Hyperion goated. Um, I, I will say the idea of an Apple TV 10 episode Mobile Suit Gundam... <laughs> Novel, <laughs> novel only. So it's all about Amro whether yeah. he's a virgin or not. <laughs> yeah, and it's also about Cusco Al. <laughs> it's Cusco Al. Um, honestly, I think the female man might be my pick. I think oh, that's the one. one that I would watch. Yeah, That'd be fun. Man, we've read some cool books. I'm very happy to be back uh, on this. Like I say, been, end of the year has been a lot of sickness, but uh, you know what's cool? Books. Fucking sci-fi books. I'm enjoying myself. That's right. I love. The the spaceship and sun of the <coughs> Galactic Empire. Yeah. But that's a podcast. <clears throat> that is a podcast. We will be back next month to talk about Dune. Um, Dune man, we saw that Zack Snyder movie, and we were reading a letterbox <laughs> review that said it, d- it didn't work out being uh, Edgelord Star Wars, but it did work out being Bozo Dune, which is <laughs> perfect. Beautiful. That's a beautiful saying. I love to be both um, uh, Look forward to our next podcast <laughs> where we become Dune Bozos. Dune Bozos. That's me and you. We're going to be Dune Bozos. <laughs> uh, yeah, you can find me at HeadfallsOff on Twitter.com. Find the podcast I do at abnormalmapping.com and support them at Patreon.com slash abnormalmapping. You can find me on most social media websites under the name Skulldotter. You can find stuff I've done at norablake.online. You can support the podcast by going to exportodd.io or patreon.com slash exportaudio. Give us your money. There will be other stuff there. Lots of podcasts in one feed. Uh, you and I are going to do a, a Anomalous Readings bonus episode at some point in the in the next few months. Yeah, uh, we got to finish watch- our... Um, we got to finish our other one first. Our uh, yeah. Hobbit one first. 
That tr- that too, but you also have to watch Twister, and I have to watch Lawrence of Arabia. <laughs> That's true. That is technically <laughs> what we got to do. Uh, so give us your money. Look forward to that, and also look forward to the um, Inheritance Cycle podcast coming soon to Export Audio next year. Um, that's it. Keep watching the skies. Keep watching the skies. Goodbye, everyone.